0: Are you excited to be here? Yeah. Amen. Are you excited to open your shop back up? Yeah. yeah. Everybody excited to get back to it? Yeah. Understand, like Nicole was saying, there, the world is saying a new normal. But there, there's a, there might be a new normal, but it's not what they're saying out of fear. The new normal is the blessing of God that's going to be pouring out on his body. The anointing that's going to be flowing through. The, the presence of God that breaks every chain, breaks every yoke, that brings solutions in all areas. It's the new normal will be a higher level of God. Listen, like you've never seen it before. Amen? Like we've never seen it before. This is the new normal. Glory to God. I, I really don't like the way that they're using that uh, terminology. But uh, anyway... We won't talk about that. Welcome to Boomerang this morning. And uh, we've been talking about it's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. Isn't this more comfortable than sitting out in the parking lot? (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. And uh, it's going to be a great, great day. Listen, I want you to get in expectation. Get your receiving ready to receive, right? Lord, you're going to do something today. Just close your eyes for a second. Father, you're going to do something in my life today. Not just other people's lives. You're going to do something in my life today. In Jesus' name. Lord, you're going to do something in my life today. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we believe that we have received those things right now. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. And we give you the glory. You're going to do something in my life today. Father, you're doing something in our lives today. Even the people that are watching online, you're going to do something in their lives today. Whether they're watching live or they're watching an archive, you're doing something today. And at the end of this service, we will not be the same in Jesus' name. We will not be the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's turn quickly to Psalm 17 and verse 15. Psalm 17 and verse 15. Today we're talking about, It's Time for an Awakening, Part 5, The Giant. It's Time for an Awakening, Part 5, The Giant. Now you know, it's interesting, I read something this morning, I'm not sure if I'm going to read it today or read it maybe next week, but in 2006, the Lord gave me a word. I wasn't sure when it was for, I knew it was beginning, but I didn't know. But I can tell you now that I feel confident that that word was for this period of time. And what's interesting is, as I finished writing about that word, I finished it with this. It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. That was what I finished it with in 2006. Now, I haven't read that word in five years till this morning and so you can see you if you know and you've been following this series i get back from my trip i'm coming in to minister that sunday morning and the lord as i'm waking up says it's time for an awakening it's time for an awakening and i come in and i had another message prepared but it was what came out was it's time for an awakening and then two days later barrett Uh, I hear the vision that she had during prayer. It was a month and a half before that. I hadn't heard it yet. And she sees the world covered with a darkness. And then Jesus throws a match to the earth. And the whole earth is consumed by the fire of God. And then Jesus says this, it's time. Now what we've been talking about is it's time for an awakening. Now one of the things, just this morning I was listening uh, to Billy Brim talk about the difference between a revival and an awakening. A revival and an awakening. And b- very quickly she said, what you see is that a revival is a newness of life in, uh, in, a, in a church and bringing back that reviving, bringing that church back to life. Or even maybe an area but an awakening doesn't just happen in the church it happens in society in the businesses every time that there's an awakening it spreads across all the land and everybody is affected everybody is affected matter of fact you may not know this but this country was literally founded on an awakening the first great awakening so when god says it's time for an awakening uh, he's not talking about just having a revival in our church. He's talking about a revival across the whole world right now. He's talking about an awakening that affects everywhere. When they had an awakening, when they had an awakening in certain places, they even shut down. People didn't even go to the sports arenas, not because of a lockdown uh, like the Rona. They didn't go there because they were so hungry for God. They were so hungry for God that, that they didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. There were years that the, the championship wasn't played. They didn't want to do anything else because of an awakening. Yeah. It's time for an awakening. It's time. Let's look at these verses. Psalm 17 and verse 15 says this, As for me, I shall behold your face In righteousness, I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. Collar sticking out. Thank you. Am I good now? All right, good. All right. That's my cheering section over there. As for me, I will be satisfied. With your likeness when I wake. When we wake up, we will be satisfied with the things of God. When we wake up, we will be satisfied. In other words, there's nothing in our life that will not be fulfilled. If you've been hitting a place in your life where you feel like, I'm not fulfilled, I'm not happy, I'm not full of joy, the issue is because we've been asleep to the things of God. But when we wake up, we see God for who he is. We see him for who he is. And all of a sudden, there is everything that we need. And God says, when you see me for who I am, you will be satisfied in every way. That's what it's saying. Let's look at Romans 13 and verse 11. Romans 13, 11. As you're turning there, know that it's been very interesting the season that this lockdown occurred. First of all, we start out, but there's many words. You know, Easter, Resurrection Day happened, but a week before that was the Passover where they celebrate the coming out of the people of God. And you saw even words coming up during this lockdown, something's happening at Passover and you notice at Passover even the news outlets they started to change what had been projected I believe God pulled the power right out of that virus I believe it was deadlier than it actually was but the prayers of the people turned out something was happening at Passover and then on resurrection day we saw a celebration of the life but know that the church and we're going to be talking a lot about that today the church really was founded at Pentecost Fifty days after Resurrection Day, Pentecost, the disciples are in the upper room. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out. All of the believers in the upper room are filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues. The fire of God hits and they explode out of that upper room. That day, 3,000 people came to know Jesus in one day. Pentecost was the explosion. Guess what that is this year? Next Sunday, you need to get ready for Pentecost. I'm telling you, it's going to be something special. You may even feel led. I can tell you, I'm fasting starting tomorrow, and I'm fasting for Pentecost. I'm going to that, and I'm going to fast all week till next week. You may want to join in. it, It would be a great idea if the Lord tells you to do it. Find what it is. If you've got questions on fasting, ask me. There's different ways to do a fast but ultimately it's it's fasting means to cover the mouth to cover the mouth in other words you're not letting things in in that way so a lot of times you know when i'm fasting when you hear me talk about fasting it basically means i'm eating no solid food or i'm having no calories whatsoever just water right that's generally how i'll fast but there's different types of fast and depending on what you're doing basically you need to hear what god says but you want to get ready for next Sunday, for Pentecost, because there's something that's going to happen. This year, I'm telling you, be in expectation here next week. Be in expectation. Something is shifting. All right, let's look at Romans 13 and verse 11. Do this, knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. Now, this is in the first century, the first hundred years after Jesus resurrected from the dead. And here is Paul saying, don't you know, it's already time to wake up. So there's no way here in 2020 we should be back asleep. It's far past the time yeah. for us to wake up. We need to wake up. So we have, listen to what it says, for salvation is nearer to us than when we believe." The night is almost gone. The day is near. Therefore, because of this, lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Lay aside the clothing of the world. Lay aside the cares and the worry of the world. Lay aside everything that would stand in the way. Let's wake up. Let's be who we're called to be. I'm talking to some people today that are not going to be stuck at average. They're not going to be stuck in mediocrity. They're going to be the people that rise up to new levels. That people look on and say, I want to be like them. Because they are being like Jesus. They're walking like Him. They're talking like Him. They're moving like Him. That's who I'm talking to this morning. If that's you, shout, shout. amen. Amen. Revelation 16, 15. Revelation 16, 15. Jesus says this, Behold, I am coming like a thief, blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes, so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. This is what he says. He's saying this. He's saying, Look, when you are asleep, it's like you're walking about naked and there's things to be ashamed of. In other words, whose responsibility is it then to wake up? Ours. Lord, help me see to be awake. Help me see my responsibility. Lord, don't let me be ashamed. Let me draw on you to stay awake, to be awake, to do the deeds of people that are awake and not be in the place where shame feels necessary. Ephesians 5, 14. Ephesians 5.14 For this reason it says Awake, sleeper and arise from the dead. Awake, sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. If we'll purpose ourselves to be awake Christ purpose himself to shine on you. If we'll purpose ourselves To wake up and stay awake, Christ says, I'll shine on you. I will shine on you. Do you know what that means to have Christ shining on you? There's blessings you can't stop. There's things, there's solutions that the devil can't do anything about. When Christ shines on you, everything changes. Everything changes. We have that within our hands simply by saying, Lord, I will wake up. And what did we talk about last week? We talked about what is the proof that we're awake. It's the fruit. Winning souls, making disciples, walking in the power of God, walking in supernatural revelation, walking in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. All of these things that God has given us. In other words, we don't make excuses for them. We're walking in them. It's fruit in our lives. Let's turn to Acts 3.19. Lord Jesus, awaken our hearts today. Awaken our hearts today. Because it's time for an awakening. It's time. I want to give you this. Acts 3.19. One of the markers of an awakening, one of the first markers of an awakening Charles Finney said, said this, one of the first markers of an awakening is repentance. It's people saying, this is not where I belong. This is where I belong, with Christ, seated with him in heavenly places, walking like him, talking like him, acting like him. Carrying something real in my life. It's a repentance. And repentance doesn't mean, oh God, I'm, I'm so horrible, I'm so bad. That's not what it means. No, repentance means this. I was going this way in the direction of the world and I stopped and turned around and went the direction of God. I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm going to go this way. I'm not thinking that way. I'm going to change my mind and go this way. I'm changing my life. I'm not, I'm not given to keep living the same way or walk the same direction or think in the same path. I'm thinking like God. I'm, I'm giving my mind to be transformed by the washing of the water of the Word. I'll think like Him. I'll talk like Him. I'll act like Him. And Jesus said this, you'll do these things and greater. This is our calling. This is what we're called to. So the first, first step in a true awakening that you see in the people is a repentance. All right, Lord, I know, I know I shouldn't be cussing out those people on the road. It's okay, you can laugh. I know you don't, if you laugh, if everybody laughs, nobody will know it's you. (laughs) I shouldn't be cussing those people out on the road. I, I know I shouldn't be talking about those people behind their back. I know I shouldn't have those thoughts towards other people. You definitely shouldn't have those thoughts towards pastor. Uh, okay, amen. I just While I'm throwing stuff out there, let's throw that one out there. Listen. Definitely shouldn't be doing that. It's time to not just... No, uh, I shouldn't be doing that, but actually stop doing it and do what God wants us to do. I should be praying for people. I should learn how to win somebody to Jesus. I should learn how to pray and see my prayers answered. I should be in the Word, not just saying, oh yeah, I need to be spending time with God. I should be praying. The Word says praying without ceasing. I should be praying like that. So, Lord, I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm going to stop amening it just on Sunday morning, and I'm going to do something about it now. I'm going to do these things. I should be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a commandment from God. Lord, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It's time for an awakening. He says, Acts 3.19, it says this, Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order, hear this, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. In order that times of refreshing, is there anybody that would like to be refreshed by God? A refreshing, this is a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine God coming down into your life and blowing into your life. Do you know what would change in your life? Everything. And all it takes is a refreshing breath of the Holy Ghost of God. He says you can enter into that any day simply by repenting and returning to God. Anybody has control of that. To just wake up, Lord, I'm waking up to you I want to I want to give you something yes these are all of our notes just for today some of y'all know what that means just cause we're inside I'm not going to take advantage of you I'll keep you here till 2 o'clock Unless he tells me to, and then I would. Listen to this. Anybody ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth, great man of God, had multiple people that came back to life as he prayed for him. He was bold. He was you know, one time he, he was in the middle of a funeral and the person's dead and he grabs the person basically up out of the coffin takes them to the wall slams them against the wall says live basically and the body falls to the ground my understanding is that happened multiple times like seven times and on the seventh time the person went and came back to life now everybody was probably ticked off at him until the person came back to life like how dare you do that to our daddy you know but no they uh they didn't care how dare you do that but then all of a sudden he comes back to life everybody he's a hero Many times, the boldness, the boldness of God doesn't look right to everybody else. Listen to this. He spoke a word of prophecy to a man named David Duplessis. And David was going to be a part of this. I want you to hear this. It says, there is a revival coming, he told David. He said, there is a revival coming that at the Present, the world knows nothing about. It will come in a, it will come through the churches. You got to hear, listen to this, how it's going to play into today's message. It won't come in the world first. It'll come through the churches. What's he talking about? The body of Christ. The people of God that wake up to who he is. It will come in a fresh way. I want you to understand, do you know the revivals that this man saw? The power of God that he saw? And listen to us first, there's a revival coming that the present world knows nothing about. In other words, this revival is going to be on a level this I'll put it this way because I believe we we're starting to put the pieces together. This awakening will be on such a level that we don't even know how to describe it. That's what we're on the verge of. That's right. We're right at the precipice of the time that God has prophesied about for years. This is uh, I think this is in the twenties or thirties when this maybe in the forties is alone that that age of time when it was given have we not seen what he's talking about yet we've seen the beginnings of it but we've not seen it it will come through the churches it will come in a fresh way when you see what God does in this revival you will then have to admit that all you have seen previously is a mere nothing in comparison with what is to come It will eclipse anything that has been known in history. Empty churches, empty cathedrals will be packed again with worshipers. Uh, How timely is that? Empty churches, empty cathedrals will be packed again with worshipers. I'm just saying, if it's not right now that this happens, God really missed a, a big opportunity. I mean, you talk about matching up. Empty buildings, empty churches, empty cathedrals will be packed with worshipers, not just people. Everybody worshiping God. I can tell you every true pastor on the planet wants his building to not just be packed with people but packed with worshipers. Buildings will not be able to accommodate the multitude. Then you will see fields of people worshiping and praising together. The Lord intends to use you in this revival. Talking to Pastor David. But I'm talking to you. The Lord intends to use you in this awakening. The Lord intends to use you in this awakening. Right now, even as I'm speaking, the anointing of God is gripping some of your hearts, and you're feeling, Lord, use me. Here I am. Send me. I want to be a part of what you're doing. Don't throw that away and don't forget it as you step out the doors today. But hold on to it. Let it drive you into an intimate fellowship with Jesus Christ. Let it drive you daily, not just to get your fix of Jesus on Sunday, but you can be filled with Him every day. The Lord intends to use you. For you have been in Jerusalem long enough. It was just like the disciples. They've been in Jerusalem. Can you see the marker to this? This is talking about Pentecost. You've been in Jerusalem too long. It's time for the Holy Ghost to empower you, to be witnesses, to use you with, of, of God's revival throughout the earth. Because as soon as Pentecost came, the believers were filled with the power of God. And they were given a power to be as witnesses to the ends of the earth. And immediately the power of God shot out from Jerusalem and they started evangelizing the world. The Lord will send you to the uttermost parts of the earth. If you are faithful and humble, the Lord will use you. And if you remain faithful and humble, you will see the greatest events in church history. In New Zealand, 1922, a young preacher remarked to Wigglesworth. One is talking to Wigglesworth. One is tempted to envy you for the great success you have had. Wigglesworth replied, young man, it's the other way around. I feel like envying you. I've had, I have had three visions, three only. The first two have already, already have come to pass, but the third is yet to be fulfilled. I will most likely pass on to my reward but you are a young man and you most likely will be in what I saw. He paused then burst out. Oh it was amazing amazing. What was amazing the young man asked. Oh said Wigglesworth I cannot tell God's secrets but you will remember what I saw. I cannot tell God's secrets, but you will remember what I saw. This revival we have had, the Pentecostal revival, is nothing to do with what God is going to do. It's nothing compared to that. Nothing compared to it. We're at that time now. It's time for an awakening. It's time. Go to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. The Lord brings the prophet Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones. I want you to know something. You may not know this part of church history, or you may be very familiar with it, but about a hundred years ago at a place called Azusa Street, the Holy Ghost blew his breath in a revival. From that place, the power of the Holy Spirit was seen across the nation, and and even around the world, and that was just where it happened in America. There were other things that fed into Azusa Street. But then out of that, starting around the 40s and 50s, you started to see a new wave of the power of God. And the healing evangelist rose up. And then they had tent meetings where you would, out of that, uh, you would see in that movement, you would see A.A. A. Allen, and you would see Oral Roberts come out of that you would see all of these great meetings, and the power of God was seen—just uh, amazing miracles, amazing testimonies, amazing things. And then, I remember one boy. Uh, one boy came on stage to be healed. This was through through another another man. And uh, he came on stage, he had, they called him the monkey boy because he had like no bones in his legs, no bones in, in his body that were functioning, it was just like you could bend everything. And all of a sudden, right there on the platform, all strength came into his body and his bones strengthened again and he was completely healed right in front of everybody's eyes then from that period of time you moved into a teaching revival that that was led with brother Hagan Kenneth Hagan then you had Catherine Coolman you had uh, around the same time earlier you had Amy Simple McPherson who founded the Four Square Church. You saw the power of God poured out in this. And then in the 70s and 80s you saw the teachers come up and, and you saw different people. You saw uh, the Jesus Movement which sparked a, just a revolution of the love of God all over the country. And you, you have all of these people who have been touched with the power of God. Then in the 80s and the 90s, uh, there was this hunger. You had the chari- in going back 70s, 80s, 90s, charismatic movement, the Pentecostal uh, Pentecostal movement, teaching, all of a sudden the power of God. And people would get up and they'd preach a message like this. And I mean, buildings would be packed. They would just be full. If you, if you preach just a decent message with an inkling of anointing, yeah. people were hungry to come. They were hungry to come. And they would fill up. Matter of fact, when Nicole and I started the church, we were still under the belief that these things would happen. And we started preaching what we thought was a good word, but nobody came. (laughs) Because times had changed. I remember my pastor some years ago... uh, Pastor Gene Alexander over in Rockingham, he, he said, Brian, you got to understand, I was kind of beating myself up and feeling bad because I wasn't seeing what I thought was the proper level of success that we should have. He said, Brian, you got to understand. He said, I've been pastoring for over 30 years. He said, this is the hardest time to pastor I've ever seen in all of that time. The fact that you started a church and it's still going is a testimony to what you're doing and who you are. I went, glory to God, that helped me. Here's what I want you to see. Here you have all these moves of the Spirit, the healing, the teaching, the prophetic, the love of God, all of these things that are mixed into one bowl. And in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, 2000 you really started to see a decline of a heart after God in our country. We had become too satisfied with what we considered our own success, not realizing that it was actually the success of God that had given it to us. That's why now we've been awake. We've been hitting the snooze button. We haven't realized who the source of our blessing is and who to give glory to. We've been giving glory to ourselves like we created our blessing. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. If you have a good gift in your life, you are not the author of it. Jesus is. Every good and perfect gift. And what we saw was this. We saw this big, all these different giftings, all these different streams. And I want you to hear this. They're still out there. The remnants of this is sitting there. Many of them are not going to church. Many of them are asleep. Many of the, we're talking about people that know something about God, that that have been primed. Man, I can feel the Spirit of the Lord on this. They've been sitting there. They're in society now. Many of us, many many of you who might be in your 20s and your 30s, uh, you're not who I'm talking about, although you may, be, you may be sitting there now about to jump in. But people beyond that, in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s, in their 70s, they've been, they were in church. They remember the touch of God. They remember a fresh movement. It wasn't what we're prophesying about, but it's there. There's a fresh movement of God they're sitting there many of them not necessarily talking about you but I might be talking about you we've been sitting there asleep but they've touched God before and I want you to hear this and something on the inside of them will never be satisfied until they touch God again they'll never be satisfied and I'm not talking about getting the goosebumps on Sunday morning. I'm talking about the presence of God coming in and blowing into our lives. I'm talking about the presence of God overwhelming our lives. There's millions that aren't even in church this Sunday, even if all the doors were open. There's millions that aren't even in church. They're not watching online. They haven't been in church. But something in them is starting to cry. Just like when you're asleep. Just like when you're asleep in the morning. And all of a sudden, your, your mind starts to wake up to the fact that it's getting lighter outside and your body naturally starts to wake up to something. There's people that have known God, millions of sleepers, that something's happening in their spirit right now. The light's coming up. The dawn is happening. something, And they feel the draw toward an awakening. It's time for an awakening. Ephesians 37. Ezekiel says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. God said to Ezekiel, he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. You understand. What I I love, I always laugh at that scripture because it's like, you know, can, the, can the impossible happen? Uh, you know, God, you tell me. But at the same time, there's a power here because it says, I don't care if they can or they can't. Without a word from you, I've got nothing. Right. Without a word from you, Lord. In him, we live and move and have our being. We shall, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God we need a word from God without a word what use is it us speaking if there's not a word from God again he said to me prophesy over these bones and say to them O dry bones hear the word of the Lord I want you to see something Didn't God have the ability to prophesy to the bones himself? Couldn't God have said, bones, rise up, live? Why did he engage Ezekiel? Why did he engage the people of God to do this? Psalms tells us the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. The responsibility of the earth and what happens in it is on us. He could have done it himself. He could have named the animals in the garden. He could have gone down uh, to Sodom and Gomorrah without consulting Abraham. He could have done so many things without using people but his way is I want to make somebody in my image and likeness and I want to raise them up so that they will speak like me and for me and be my partner in the earth and they will speak the things of God. They will speak the mysteries of God. They will speak the life of God they will speak my will be done on earth as it is in heaven it's been the plan of God the whole time the plan of God was never to exclude you the plan of God was to draw you into his family and use you for everything he does so now looking at that the question is will an awakening ever happen on the earth without people No, and there's an awakening coming. The question is, who will be used? Amen. She said, me. Who will be used? God could have spoke to the bones himself. He didn't have to engage Ezekiel at all. But he says, prophesy over these bones, Ezekiel, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that may come to life. Repent and return so that times of refreshing may come. If the people of God will start praying, the old dry bones will wake up if the people of God that hear the call of God will start praying and prophesying, the old dry bones will wake up. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come back, may come to life. I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive. And you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a rattling And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, sinews were on them and flesh grew and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them. The breath came into them and they came to life and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. The whole house. That includes you and I. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves. Or I will cause you to come up out of your sleep my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know I will bring you into the land of promise. I will bring you into the land of power. I will bring you into the land of solutions. I will bring you into the land where the people can be the people of God. I will bring you into the fullness of the stature of Christ. I will bring you into your salvation. Then you will know that I am the Lord When I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people, I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. There's a sleeping giant. There's a sleeping army that's asleep and been asleep in the land for years and years. And the truth be told, all of us have been a part of it. But there's an awakening, and it's time for an awakening. We're in the time of an awakening. An awakening's going to happen. The people are going to awake. God's going to use people. The question is, will he use us? And it's only a matter of simply turning ourselves to him and saying, Lord, I'm yours to be used. Here I am, send me. I might not have been worth anything in the past. I might have been like Isaiah. I might have been sitting there looking at all my sin and all my mess and feeling helpless. But one coal from the altar of the fire of God comes and he, the tongues the angel takes it from the fire of God and he touches it to our mouth. And instantly the man who was looking at all of his limbs who was looking at all of his sin all of a sudden that man stands up with a boldness and says here I am send me it's time for an awakening therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. A f- few of you may have heard of a man called Tommy Hicks. He did a great huge work in South America and I believe also in Russia. <clears throat> the way that that happened many times was through a word of the Lord that he knew things and he would prophesy things and the power of God would flow through him. In 1961, he had a vision, and I want to read that to you today. You see if it applies. It's time for an awakening. There's a sleeping giant that has been the church. The Holy Ghost said it to Ezekiel like this. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they came to life. And stood on their feet. An exceeding great army. An army of the spirit. An army full of the life of God. Who was asleep. A great awakening. July 25th, 1961. My message begins July 25th, about 2.30 in the morning at Winnipeg, Canada. I had hardly fallen asleep when the vision and the revelation that God gave to me came before me. A vision came three times exactly in detail the morning of July 25th, 1961. I was so stirred and so moved by the revelation that this has changed my complete outlook upon the body of Christ and upon the last end time ministry. The greatest thing that the church of Jesus Christ that has ever been given to the church lies straight ahead. It's so hard to help men and women to realize and understand the thing that God is trying to give His people in the end time. As the vision appeared to me after I was asleep, I suddenly found myself at a great high distance. Where I was, I do not know, but as I was looking down upon the earth, suddenly the whole earth came into view. Every nation, every kindred, every tongue came before my sight from the east and from the west, from the north and the south. And I recognized every country and many cities that I had been in. And I was almost in fear and trembling as I beheld the sight before me. And at that moment, as the earth came into view, it began to lightning and thunder. As the lightning flashed over the face of the earth, my eyes went downward. I was facing north. Suddenly I beheld what looked like a giant. And as I stared and looked at it, I was almost bewildered by the sight. It was so gigantic and so great in stature, his feet seemed to reach the North Pole and his head to the south. His arms were stretched from sea to sea. I could not even begin to understand whether this was a mountain or whether this be a giant. But as I watched it, I suddenly beheld this great giant and I could see it was struggling for it life to even live. I, I charge you as I read this, find yourself in this vision and recognize what to do with where you've been. I could see it was struggling for life to even live. But his body was covered with debris from head to foot. And at times this great giant would move its body and act as though it would even rise up at times. And when it did, thousands of little creatures seemed to run away. Hideous looking creatures would run away from this giant. And when he would become calm, they would come back. All of a sudden, this great giant lifted his hands towards the heaven, and then it lifted his other hand. And when it did, these creatures by the thousands seemed to flee away from this giant and go into the darkness and into the night. Many people do not understand the spiritual battle that happens all the time. They don't understand the responsibility that the church has and the things that the church has allowed. And and it's their responsibility because the heavens are the Lord, but the earth he's given to men, he's given to mankind. And who's the salt? Whose task would being the salt and the light? That's the church. Our responsibility is to not sit there, but to be the giant. And when the giant awakes, the demons will flee. There's a spiritual battle. But when it gets calm and it just goes back to its worldly ways, they come back and hold it in its place. If only the giant would just awaken. The church, the giant, would just awaken. Slowly this great giant began to rise. And as he did, his head and hands went into the clouds. And as he arose to his feet, he seemed to have cleansed himself from the debris and the filth that was upon him. And he began to raise his hands into the heavens as though praising the Lord. And as he raised his hands, it was even into the clouds. Suddenly every cloud became silver, the most beautiful silver that I have ever known. As I watched this phenomena, it was so great. I could not even begin to understand what it all meant. I was so stirred as I watched it and cried unto the Lord. And I said, Oh Lord, what is the meaning of this? And it felt as if I was actually in the Spirit and could feel the presence of the Lord even as I sleep. Just this morning, even in prayer before the service, the Lord gave us several things, and this is lining right up with it. Is that correct? And from the clouds, let me read this again. Oh Lord, what is the meaning of this? And it felt as if I was actually in the Spirit and could feel the presence of the Lord even as I was asleep. So he was asleep, but he could feel God's presence even while he's having this vision. And from the clouds suddenly there came great drops of liquid light raining down upon the mighty giant. And slowly, slowly, this giant began to melt, began to sink, as it were, into the very earth itself. And as he melted, his whole form seems to have melted upon the face of the earth. And this great rain began to come down. Liquid drops of light, as it were, began to flood the very earth Itself, And as I watched this giant that seemed to melt, suddenly it became millions of people over the face of the earth. As I beheld the sight before me, people stood up all over the world. They were lifting their hands and they were praising the Lord. And at that very moment there came a great thunder that seemed to roar from the heavens. I turned my eyes toward the heavens and suddenly I saw a figure in white glistening white the most glorious thing I've ever seen in all my life I did not see his face but somehow I knew that it was the Lord Jesus Christ And as he stretched forth his hand, as he did, he would stretch forth his hand upon the peoples and the nations of the world, men and women. As he pointed towards them, this liquid light seemed to flow from his hand into this person and a mighty anointing of God came upon them and those people began to go forth in the name of the Lord. I do not know how long I watched. It seemed it went into days and weeks and months And as I beheld Christ, as he continued to stretch forth his hand, but there was a tragedy. There were many people, as he stretched forth his hand, that refused the anointing of God and the call of God. I saw men and women that I knew, people that I felt that certainly they would receive the call of God. But as he stretched forth his hand towards this one and towards that one, They simply bowed their heads and began to back away. And to each of those who seemed to bow down and back away, they seemed to go into darkness. Blackness seemed to swallow them everywhere. You you see that there was a demonic attack against the giant, against the body of Christ. But those who would receive it, Who would acknowledge the Lord and go after him. They would do well and it would be awesome. But there would be some. And you notice what he's saying. These are people he thought would accept the call. In other words, these were not people. This is people according to his judgment. That he thought, man, these are godly people. Surely, certainly, they will walk in it. And they denied it. They backed away. I found that it's not the big denials that get us to that place but the small foxes that ruin the vine it's the hey i want you to stop what you're doing and go pray right now i want you to stop what you're doing and go be with me uh, well lord i'll do that in a little bit that's how it begins i want you to go to church today uh, but it's so pretty outside i want to go to the lake I was bewildered as I watched it, but these people that he had anointed, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world, will that be you? Will that be you? The people that God is looking for, remember the verse, the, the eyes of the Lord, they go to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking whose heart is mature or perfect towards him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf he's looking for people why should our lord our father our god our great and loving father have to look for people that will be used by him who he can show himself strong why should he have to look at all shouldn't we all be here i am send me but yet we were not been there we've been asleep it's time for an awakening But these people that he had anointed, hundreds of thousands of the people all over the world, the people I'm talking to today, in Africa, Asia, Russia, China, America, all over the world, the anointing of God was upon these people as they went forth in the name of the Lord. I saw these men and women as they went forth. They were ditch diggers. They were washer women. They were rich men. They were poor men. I saw people who were bound with paralysis and sickness and blindness and deafness. As the Lord stretched forth his hand to give them the anointing, they became well, they became healed, and they went forth. And this is the miracle of it. This is the glorious miracle of it. Those people would stretch forth their hand exactly as the Lord did. And it seemed that there was the same liquid fire that it seemed to be in their hand. And as they stretched forth their hand, they said, According to my word, be thou made whole. As these people continued in this mighty end time ministry, I did not fully realize what it was. And I looked to the Lord and said, What is the meaning of this? And he said, This is that that I will do in the last days. I will restore all that the canker worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar. I will restore all that they have destroyed. This, my people, in the end time, shall go forth as a mighty army, and they will sweep over the face of the earth. As I was at a great height, I watched these people as they were going to and fro over the face of the earth. Suddenly there was a man in Africa and in a moment he was transported in the spirit of God. Perhaps he was in Russia or China or America or some other place and vice versa. All over the world these people went and they came through fire and through pestilence and through famine. Neither fire nor persecution. Nothing seemed to stop them. Angry mobs came at them with swords and with guns and like Jesus they passed through the multitude and they could not find them. But they went forth in the name of the Lord and everywhere they stretched forth their hand, the sick were healed, the blind eyes were opened. <coughs> there was no long prayer. And one of the things that seemed, after I had reviewed the vision so many times in my mind and I thought about it so many times, I never saw a church. I never saw or heard a denomination. But these people were going in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. And as they marched forward, everything they did as the ministry of Christ in the end time, these people were ministering to the multitudes over the face of the earth, tens of thousands, even millions. Seemed to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as these people stood forth and gave the message of the kingdom, of a coming kingdom. In this last hour, it was so glorious. God was going to give the world a demonstration in this last hour such as the world has never known. These men and women are of all walks of life. Degrees will mean nothing. I saw these workers as they were going forth over the face of the earth. When one would seem to stumble and fall, another, another would come and pick them up. There was no big I and little you, but every mountain was brought low and every valley was exalted, and they seemed to have one thing in common. There was divine love that seemed to flow forth from these people as they went together as they work together, as they live together. Now I want you to remember that. Just remember it, probably for next week. Let me read it again. There was no big I and little you, but every mountain was brought low and every valley was exalted, and they seemed to have one thing in common. One thing in common. One thing in common. There was a divine love. That seemed to flow forth from these people as they went together, as they worked together, as they lived together. It was the most glorious thing that I've ever known. Jesus Christ was the theme of their life. As I watched from the very heaven itself, there were times when great deluges of liquid light seemed to fall upon great congregations. He's not saying that people wouldn't be in church. He's saying that their identity was not the church that they went to. Their identity was the name of the Lord. Yeah. But in he says in this liquid light would hit great congregations of people. And the congregation would lift their hands and seemingly praise God for hours and even days as the spirit of God came upon them. God said, "I will pour my spirit upon all flesh." And that is exactly the thing that God was doing. And to every man and to every woman that received this power and the anointing of God, the miracles of God, there was no ending to it. And then again, as these people were going about uh, the face of the earth, a great persecution seemed to come from every end of the earth. Suddenly, there was another loud clap of thunder that seemed to resound around the world And I heard again the voice. The voice seemed to speak. Now this is my people. This is my beloved bride. And when the voice spoke, I looked upon the earth and I could see the lakes and the mountains and the graves were open, and the people from all over the world, the saints of all ages, seemed to be rising. As they rose from the graves, suddenly all these people came from every direction, and they seemed to be forming again this gigantic body. As the dead in Christ seemed to be rising first, I could hardly comprehend it, and it was so marvelous, it was beyond anything I could dream or think of. But as the body suddenly began to form and take shape again, it took shape again in the form of this mighty giant. But this time it was different. It was arrayed in the most beautiful, gorgeous white, and its garments were without spot or wrinkle as the body began to form. And the people of all ages seemed to be gathering into this body And slowly, slowly, as it began to form up into the heavens, suddenly the heavens above, the Lord Jesus, became the head. And I heard another clap of thunder that said, This is my beloved bride in whom I have waited. She will come, even tried by fire. This is she that I have loved from the beginning of time. As I watched my eyes suddenly turned to the far north and I saw seemingly destruction, men and women in anguish and crying out and buildings in destruction. Then I heard again the fourth voice that said, Now is my wrath being poured forth upon the face of the earth from the ends of the whole world The wrath of God seemed to be poured out and it seemed that there were great vials of God's wrath being poured out upon the face of the earth. I can remember it as though it happened a moment ago. I shook and trembled as I beheld the awful sight Of seeing cities and whole nations going down to destruction. I could hear the weeping and the wailing. I could hear people crying. They seemed to cry as they went into caves, but the caves and the mountains opened up. They leaped into water, but the water would not drown them. There was nothing that seemingly could destroy them. They were wanting to take their life, but they could not take it. Then again... I turned my eyes unto the body, arrayed in the beautiful white garment. Slowly, slowly, it began to rise from the earth. As it did, I awoke. I had seen the end time ministry, the last hour. Again on July 27th at 2.20 in the morning, the same revelation, the same vision came exactly as it did before. This book is real. And it's time for an awakening. It's not the time to play games. It's time for an awakening. The question is, what will you do with the alarm? Not only is it an alarm, the alarm clock's going off. The hour is now. The light is rising. The ministry of Christ is about to happen across the earth like we've never known before. It's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. Will you hit the snooze button one more time? Or will you, Acts 3.19, repent? And return and be the body that God's called you to be. You may be a part of the body, but you could join late or you could join early in the fight. You could help more people or you could let more people go into that time where they wish they could kill themselves but can't. Based on how you respond now to the alarm. just call you to stand on your feet close your eyes Holy Spirit I just ask you right now touch hearts minds we need your awakening we need your awakening we want to be used by you we don't want to be asleep any longer thank you father Just ask Jesus, your Lord and your Savior, right now. Lord, show me what I need to see. Empower me to be awake and to be used by you. And if you don't know Jesus, if you're reading that and you're saying, i got to get my life right, I invite you right now, come to the altar. Don't waste time. It is not time to play. Lord, strengthen every heart to be who you have called to be. We're called to walk on a level. I would say that none of us have walked on the level of what I just read, and none of us have walked on the level that God wants us to walk on. And if you're recognizing that today and you're saying, Lord, it's time for an awakening, it's time, I just invite you, i tell you what, you can just kneel right in your chair, turn around if you feel led to, Lord, today I kneel my knees to you. You're the Lord of my life, and I give you myself. It's time for me to wake up. It's time for me, amen, I see that. It's time for me to be who I'm called to be in you. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I invite you right now, you can either kneel at your chair, or you can come to the altar either way. If you're watching online, you can kneel right in your chair. Lord, we've been that sleeping giant. A giant with so much power and so much authority. But we will not be any longer. Today, we wake up. It's time for an awakening. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. It's time to go to another level. It's time to commit our lives to Christ and walk like we've never walked before. Beyond all that we could ask or think, beyond all that we could imagine, a commitment and a dedication to you, Lord. I will not be asleep again. I will not walk asleep again. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Don't hesitate. But kneel kneel your knees to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Today is not a time to play around, but to say, Jesus, I need you in every area of, of my life. And I go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you will just draw hearts to Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy and your anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.